Very powerful message in today's Torah reading. Very powerful message. For the first time, the children of Israel are about to move. Till this point, they've been at Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai is where they sinned with the golden calf. At Mount Sinai is where they did true for the golden calf. Still at Mount Sinai, they built the Mishkan, right? As atonement for the golden calf. Moshe comes down, Mount Sinai. They build the Mishkan. We go all the way to Passover. We have the first of Nisan, where there's the dedication of the Mishkan through the 12 tribes. Then we have the first anniversary of Pesach, where they celebrate Pesach, and they also do um, learn the mitzvah of Pesach Sheini, which we had yesterday. Then you have, as Rashi points out, in that you have you go back to the first Torah portion of the Book of Bamidbar two weeks ago, or three weeks ago now, because we had two weeks of Nasai, three weeks ago, where they take the census. The census wasn't taken till the first of Iyar. But the story of Pesach Sheni happens in the second, first week of Nisan. Get it? So things are not chronologically in order in the Torah. And that's deliberate. Anyway, we're now finally ready to move. They have a Mishkan. It's built. It's built in such a way that it's movable. And they're finally ready to move. They're going to move towards the land of Israel. So the Torah describes their travels as they go forward into the land, into the desert. And it tells us that they only moved when Hashem said so. The cloud of glory that was protecting them would roll up, Rashi says, over the, over the camp of Yehuda. And that's when they knew it's time to pack up, it's time to leave. And depending on when the cloud of glory moved, that was when they started moving. And when the cloud of glory stopped moving, they knew this is where they have to camp, right? That's all in today's Torah reading. So then it says, Baharachan and Allah Mishkan, if the cloud of glory remained over the Mishkan for a long time, Yamim Rabbi, many, many days, so no matter how itchy they were to move on, they didn't move. Because they knew this is where it was supposed to be. Continues the Torah. Sometimes the cloud of glory was only a few days. They still, they didn't move. Sometimes the, the, it only remained overnight. They stopped for a night. And then in the morning the, the cloud moved. They moved. You have to remember, it's a big deal taking this thing down and putting it back together again, right? So if they took it down and put it back together for only one night, or for overnight, this was a big deal. But there were times that it was like that. Rashi's going to tell us later in the book of Devarim, or is it in Masay, that they actually spent 19 years in one spot of the 40 years of wandering. What's the message? The message is this. The journey through the desert... Is a, is a symbolic of our journey through Golos on our way to Geula. The arrival at the land of Israel is Geula. That's complete redemption. That's the symbolism that's involved. So think about it this way. Along the way of our journey, 
there are places that we think are temporary stopovers. On a personal level, we've had that here many times over the years. People who see Brentwood as a temporary stopover for them. You know, uh, uh, rabbis in general, in today's day and age, if you're uh, uh, the Orthodox rabbinate also, but in the Orthodox, well, those are only real rabbis. So something, you come out of rabbinical school and you get a job someplace maybe not your ideal spot or maybe not your ideal congregation, but you take the job because it's your starter position. And the whole time you're working your way up. You take a job as the assistant rabbi at Yik, which makes you the tail of the lion, to quote Pirkei Avot. <laughs> you're the son of the Arayas. You have a job at Yik. Oh, you're in Gizzo Century City. I'm a big shot. But you're only the assistant rabbi because you're working your way up. You'll build a resume four or five years from now. You're going to become the head rabbi. I don't know where. I don't even know what's the stepping stone from the assistant rabbi. I don't know. I don't know how this works, right? But you're not staying there. I have a friend, one of my dearest, closest friends, is the Chabad rabbi in Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine, when he came there, had an Orthodox shul. A dying Orthodox congregation, in fact, no longer exists today. Today, Chabad of Maine is the Orthodox congregation. And every couple of years, he would tell me about the new dynamics and the new drama with the new Orthodox rabbi who had come to town. I said, what's going on over there? They can't hold on to a rabbi? He said, no, nobody comes to Portland, Maine to be the rabbi in the Orthodox shul in Portland, Maine with the idea that this is where he's going to spend his life. Only the Chabad Shliach comes to Portland, Maine and says, I'm staying here till the Geula and beyond. Only the Chabad Shliach does that. So the message is, make the max of your current stop. Make the max out of your current stop. This is where you are. Don't see it as a stepping stone to where you really want to be. This is where you're supposed to be. Because if you only see it, for instance, as a stepping stone to where you want to be, then when you arrive at that spot, you okay, you put up a little mishkan, let's put up some of the walls, maybe half the walls, maybe we'll only put up the Kedah Shagadosh of the Holy of Holies. <coughs> we'll quickly set up the Mizbeach so we can do, because who knows? By the time we get it put up, the cloud might move, and we'll have to go someplace else. No, wrong. Even if they were there only one night, they set it up. And they made this their place, as if this is where they're supposed to be. Even though all along you're saying to yourself, I don't want to be here. I want to be in Eretz Yisrael. I want to bring the Geula. I want to stop having to deal with Golos, etc., etc. I want to move on. But by divine providence, Hashem put you right here, right now. And because of that, this is where you're supposed to be, and this is where you're supposed to max out. As the Tzemach Tzedek once said to somebody, make Israel here. Make Brentwood. Look, I remember Pico Robertson when I, in, the, in 1981. Pico Robertson was, or the, the average age was deceased. 
That's what Pico was. I remember the, I remember the first pizza store opening on Pico Boulevard. I remember this. Today that's Pizza Station, but it went through a few manifestations along the way. It was once a, it had a different name, etc. Whatever. I remember that first pizza store opening on Pico Boulevard. I remember everybody saying, "What a waste! This guy has no chance of success. He's in the wrong neighborhood." Pico is never going to amount to anything. It's just a dying place. La Brea was where to be. What they called it, Fairfax in those days. Pico, there was Beth Jacob that struggled to try to keep its youth with a B'nai Akiva minion that had maybe 20 or 30 people there at the B'nai Akiva minion. That was it. And Gizu Century City had just started in a small office space. 15 people who were angry at Beth Jacob. <laughs> that was your Gizu Century City. Right? No, look at what it looks like today. Is there any reason why Brentwood can't look like that? It's just as expensive to live in Pico. Smaller, smaller and Huh? What do you mean? Pico smaller or this is smaller? That's what we're building here. Everybody be part of it. This is what you have to, every one of us has an obligation to be part of that process. May Hashem help us that we achieve the goal of making Brentwood into Eretz Yisrael and thereby we will, open, we will continue the journey having made the most of what we can make here we'll continue the journey over to Eretz Yisrael and finally arrive at the land of Eretz Yisrael, go directly there, no spies, no nothing, no anything, just go <laughs> straight into Eretz Yisrael with the Gula Amit Sashleim, and may it happen now, Amen. L'chaim.